You're listening to Trinity Radio. For our next featured legacy, we travel to Paris, France. The year is 1987. A young boy by the name Thomas Bengalter takes piano lessons, and he hates it. But his parents have been making him do it since he was six, and that's just the way it is for Thomas. At Thomas's school is another boy, Guy Manuel de Omen Cristo. Guy Manuel has been playing guitar since he was seven years old. Thomas and Guy meet. They discover that they have a mutual fascination for basic cult teenage things like listening to the Velvet Underground and going to the movies, and that their family really wants them to play musical instruments. As friends, they found it most enjoyable to just play music together. When they were 17, Guy Manuel and Thomas formed an indie rock band with their friend Laurent. They called their trio Darlin, and Darlin released songs on some random compilation from some small British indie label. A negative review by a British music magazine called their music a daft, punky thrash. Very shortly after, this group disbanded, and Guy Manuel and Tomas created, you guessed it, Daft Punk, the world-renowned electronic music project that was active between 1993 to 2021. 28 consecutive full years of musical partnership. No temporary breakups, no personnel changes, no additional members, just two childhood friends doing their thing together. In the music world, or really in any world, the story of Daft Punk is an absolute fairy tale. Daft Punk achieved early popularity in the late 1990s as part of the French house movement. And as early as their first single, the band was combining elements of house music, funk, disco, techno, rock, and synth pop. In 1997, their debut album Homework was released under a major label, which is kind of funny to think about because Homework was not at all created in some fancy or sophisticated studio. Most of homework was actually created in Bangalter's bedroom. In his words, it was made very cheaply, very quickly, and spontaneously. Nonetheless, the album homework charted in 14 countries, and songs on the album like The Funk and Around the World charted on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It appeared on the Dance Club plays, number one singles, and the album as a whole is hailed as a classic of French house music. From their first album, Homework, this is Daft Punk, Revolution 909 on Trinity Radio.
That was Revolution 909 by Daft Punk. The title Revolution 909 references the Roland 909 drum machine. So a drum machine is an electronic music instrument that creates percussion sounds like drum beats and patterns. It comes with a kit that's kind of pre-programmed with certain sounds. So its predecessor, the 808, was very popular at this time. It's commonly used in hip hop. So it's got like maracas and congo. It's very like boomy. The 909 has a lot more snap and punch. Um, It also had these controls for attack and decay. And so if you're a fan of house, techno, acid house, or industrial music, you will likely find the 909 drum machine to match your taste. And so what's cool is Daft Punk is making a song called Revolution 909. It's kind of a tip of the hat to rave culture that was starting to emerge in France. But what they also did was they brought funk melodies and vintage synths into their equation. So here you have these electronic producers looking at what machines and what sounds are resonating with the current generation, the 909, and introducing some old disco and funky kinds of sounds that predate them. And this is part of what makes Daft Punk a legacy. Their music is kind of timeless. Older generations might say it sounds futuristic. Modern generations might say it sounds old school. Who really knows? But their endurance and ability to appeal to multiple generations is part of what makes Daft Punk's sound so unique. Daft Punk rose to fame really quickly. They weren't just associated with French house anymore. They became pop, rock, funk, disco, rap, hip hop, as they started to collaborate with other mainstream artists like Kanye West and Pharrell Williams, Georgia Moritor. But in the case of Joy Division and Bauhaus, we've seen that quick acceleration isn't always sustainable. So how was Daft Punk able to stay together for 28 years? Hard to say. I'm really not an expert on relationships. But what I do know is this. Daft Punk was extremely private. In fact, in their nearly 30 years together, Guy Manuel and Thomas never, ever revealed their faces. Not in a photo shoot, not in a video, not in a live show. Not once, not ever. Initially, Daft Punk performed with black bags on their head. They also wore wigs and really creepy, disturbing Halloween masks to photo shoots. During an interview, Daft Punk rolled up with black bags over their heads and were asked, This is a bit unusual. You have to tell me, why do you wear these black bags on your heads? Uh, we're wearing these black bags because as Daft Punk, we're not showing our faces in pictures or television. But why did you guys choose to go this way? It's like when I read a book, uh, I don't I don't care to see the face of the person that wrote it. I think it's interesting and we're not really uh, against uh, the, the, the cult of personality or I think an interaction with, with faces in the media. The whole point was just the ability to have a choice to wanting to be famous or not. I think we live today in a, in a, in a society where it's, it's all about uh, having your face on TV. Obviously, today is an example that maybe that's not what a fantasy is, you know, even though it's really also a difference between, between fiction and, 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 and reality. You know. In 2021, Daft Punk released their second studio album, Discovery, which launched them into more mainstream success. At this point, Guy Manuel and Thomas started wearing full-body robot costumes. This would become Daft Punk's signature look. Regarding the robot suits, Thomas told Rolling Stone, Quote, we're interested in the line between fiction and reality. We're creating these fictional personas that exist in real life. Unquote. Interest in the band exploded thanks in part to the mystery surrounding their identities. 
Daft Punk was able to gain really lofty success without the world knowing anything about who they are, what their personalities are like. Their music just spoke for itself. And part of me wonders if Daft Punk was able to be so successful because the focus was on their music and nothing else. In a way, we were forced to concentrate on the music and what the music was making us feel. Without knowing their faces or what they looked like, we couldn't stereotype. Without any hype or publicity or gossip, we couldn't assign any outside knowledge or hearsay to their music and its message. So it was kind of futuristic in how Daft Punk had so much soul while playing music with computers and never showing their faces and playing as robots. In nearly 30 years together, Daft Punk released four studio albums. It may not sound like a lot of material, but without them, there's so much more music that's so different now or maybe wouldn't have been made at all. Now that we have a full picture of their career, we can look at the complete body of work for what it is, a legacy. Because experiencing the conclusion of something allows us to learn from the entire journey. Now we have insights, lessons, and a deeper understanding of the significance of the Daft Punk experience and how it laid in the bigger landscape of electronic music, or rather, defined it. Daft Punk's third album, Human After All, arrived in 2005. In the following year, the band embarked on their ambitious, groundbreaking Alive Tour. To electronic music and live show enthusiasts, the live show is best remembered for its giant pyramid light show. Their fourth album, Random Access Memories, increased their credibility immediately. It was full of pop hits, deep emotional grooves, and this like really cinematic atmosphere aided by beautiful mixing, beautiful production. It earned Daft Punk five Grammy Awards, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Best Dance and Electronica Album, Best Pop Duo, and Best Engineered Album. Despite being active for over 20 years at this point, Ram was the album to take him to a new level of recognition. Still, even at the Grammy Awards, Guy Manuel and Thomas arrived in their full-body robot gear, maintaining their secret identities. Random Access Memories was not just their magnum opus, it was their final studio album. And in 2021, Daft Punk quietly announced the end of their project. In fact, they kind of snuck out the back door. So as we've established, Daft Punk was a really private duo. They announced their breakup via an eight-minute wordless video sequence dubbed Epilogue. It shows these two robots, meant to represent Guy Manuel and Thomas. The robots venture into a desert together during sunset. They walk together, forward, but aimlessly. And one of the robots just stops. His counterpart makes eye contact, and one expresses that they're done walking. He unzips his jacket to reveal his power switch, insinuating that they want to be terminated. Their counterpart flips the switch on their behalf. There's a countdown. Ten. Nine. Eight. And when it gets to one, the robot detonates from the inside as its counterpart walks off alone into the sunset. An image of two robot hands forming into a triangle then flash on screen with the timestamp, 1993 to 2021. It has been over a decade since Daft Punk disbanded. Thomas and Guy Manuel are still making music, just as individuals now, doing mostly instrumental and score work for others. But they are still friends. In fact, they still share a studio and some equipment. And as of today, Guy Manuel and Thomas have revealed their faces. But this had been long after Daft Punk put out any new material. And so, in a way, you could even say Daft Punk is eternal. By maintaining their secret identities the entire career of Daft Punk, 
Guy Manuel and Thomas were able to maintain a narrative and keep their fans suspended in disbelief. When you look back in time at Daft Punk shows, a live 2007, Grammy Award visits, music videos, Daft Punk will always be recognized and remembered as the robots who had soul. In 2021, Daft Punk released their second studio album, Discovery, which launched them into more mainstream success. At this point, Guy Manuel and Thomas started wearing full-body robot costumes. This would become Daft Punk's signature look. Regarding the robot suits, Thomas told Rolling Stone, quote, We're interested in the line between fiction and reality. We're creating these fictional personas that exist in real life, unquote. Interest in the band exploded, thanks in part to the mystery surrounding their identities. Daft Punk was able to gain really lofty success without the world knowing anything about who they are, what their personalities are like. Their music just spoke for itself. And part of me wonders if Daft Punk was able to be so successful because the focus was on their music and nothing else. In a way, we were forced to concentrate on the music and what the music was making us feel. Without knowing their faces or what they looked like, we couldn't stereotype. Without any hype or publicity or gossip, we couldn't assign any outside knowledge or hearsay to their music and its message. So it was kind of futuristic in how Daft Punk had so much soul while playing music with computers and never showing their faces and playing as robots. In nearly 30 years together, Daft Punk released four studio albums. It may not sound like a lot of material, but without them, there's so much more music that's so different now or maybe wouldn't have been made at all. Now that we have a full picture of their career, we can look at the complete body of work for what it is, a legacy, because experiencing the conclusion of something allows us to learn from the entire journey. Now we have insights, lessons, and a deeper understanding of the significance of the Daft Punk experience and how it laid in the bigger landscape of electronic music or rather, defined it. Daft Punk's third album, Human After All, arrived in 2005. In the following year, the band embarked on their ambitious, groundbreaking Alive Tour. To electronic music and live show enthusiasts, the Alive Show is best remembered for its giant pyramid light show. Their fourth album, Random Access Memories, increased their credibility immediately. It was full of pop hits, deep emotional grooves, and this like really cinematic atmosphere aided by beautiful mixing, beautiful production. It earned Daft Punk five Grammy Awards, Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Best Dance and Electronica Album, Best Pop Duo, and Best Engineered Album. Despite being active for over 20 years at this point, Ram was the album to take him to a new level of recognition. Still, even at the Grammy Awards, Guy Manuel and Thomas arrived in their full-body robot gear, maintaining their secret identities. Random Access Memories was not just their magnum opus, it was their final studio album. And in 2021, Daft Punk quietly announced the end of their project. In fact, they kind of snuck out the back door. So, as we've established, Daft Punk was a really private duo. They announced their breakup via an eight-minute wordless video sequence dubbed Epilogue. It shows these two robots, meant to represent Guy Manuel and Thomas. The robots venture into a desert together during sunset. They walk together, forward, but aimlessly. And one of the robots just stops. His counterpart makes eye contact, and one expresses that they are done walking. He unzips his jacket to reveal his power switch, insinuating that they want to be terminated. 
their counterpart flips the switch on their behalf. There's a countdown. 10, 9, 8. And when it gets to 1, the robot detonates from the inside as its counterpart walks off alone into the sunset. An image of two robot hands forming into a triangle then flash on screen with the timestamp, 1993 to 2021. It has been over a decade since Daft Punk disbanded. Thomas and Guy Manuel are still making music, just as individuals now, doing mostly instrumental and score work for others. But they are still friends. In fact, they still share a studio and some equipment. And as of today, Guy Manuel and Thomas have revealed their faces. But this had been long after Daft Punk put out any new material. And so, in a way, you could even say Daft Punk is eternal. By maintaining their secret identities the entire career of Daft Punk, Guy Manuel and Thomas were able to maintain a narrative and keep their fans suspended in disbelief. When you look back in time at Daft Punk shows, a live 2007, Grammy Award visits, music videos, Daft Punk will always be recognized and remembered as the robots who had soul. A lot of DJs stand up there behind the decks and play popular tunes and get people moving, which is cool, but I want people to be awestruck by the spectrum of sound they're hearing. I almost want them to feel like they've lost control. These are the words of today's final featured artist. Garrett Falls Lockhart, also known as IO, was an American DJ and record producer. Lockhart was born in 1990 in Virginia. He got his DJ start in college, and in 2013, he moved to LA to attend music production school. The name IO is spelled letter I underscore letter O, and it's a computer programming reference for input output. It's a fitting name because, well, originally Lockhart didn't go by IO. He had other DJ aliases, but eventually Lockhart gained a reputation for hacking social media accounts of record labels, media outlets, artists, and venues and he later adopted the name Io as his official stage name. Lockhart was really into computers, I think, and programming and all that kind of stuff because his VJ graphics consisted of computer program language and programming commands. His vibe was like underground, bunker, industrial, cold server room type. His album art and graphics were often just like Linux graphic user interfaces and some of his references for names were error codes like Air code 444, for example. The aesthetic comes off as like techno and kind of cyber, but simply put, Lockhart called it dark warehouse music. And his mission was to infect the dance music scene with dark, heavy 4x4 music that he felt was missing from the main stages. Lockhart first started with some progressive records and some techno-influenced club stuff. He was influenced by Book of Shade, Trent Muller, and Dead Mouse. But his music spanned across several genres. Um, he was kind of known for, within his song, he couldn't just pick a format and stick to the format. So within any one track, you might hear some hip-hop and techno, or you might hear acid, then pop. You might hear trance progressive with some industrial. And it was kind of all over the place, but it still worked in a unified way. At just 27 years old, Lockhart was signed to Mousetrap Records. Artists like Rez, Nomana, and Lockhart were touted as the young artists to watch on the label. Io was extremely unique in that he was truly bringing something new to the scene with every single he created. 
On one hand, it meant that he didn't really have a very cohesive sound, but on the other hand, it meant that you got like some really polished, nice surprise every time he came out with something. And it was not lazy work. Everything had very immaculate and balanced mixing. Our final featured song today is called Death by Techno. I'm choosing Death by Techno because there's a funny stance in the electronic dance music community. Elitist techno heads did not acknowledge Ayo as a techno producer, and house DJs didn't want to acknowledge him as a house producer either. And they're not wrong. When you listen to this song, it is very techno forward, but it also has some acid and some industrial, and it has these undertones of dark mischief. As a hacker, Ayo is quite literally a digital prankster, and this song title is a way to poke fun at techno snobs who try to delegitimize his music. This is Ayo, Death by Techno on Trinity Radio.
You just heard Death by Techno by Io. Now, was that techno? Whatever. It's a vibe. A vibe that Io calls warehouse music. Death by Techno was released in 2019 under Mousetrap Records. Getting your start with Mousetrap Records is a pretty damn big deal. Between 2018 and 2020, Io produced 11 albums and EPs. He also produced and composed popular singles and EPs with his dear friend, singer-songwriter Lights, as well as with the singer-songwriter Grimes. In fact, one of his most popular records in terms of chart success was a song that he produced for Grimes called Violence. It spent 10 weeks on the Billboard electronic dance music charts. In 2020, Io was signed to the prestigious Armada Music label, which is the label of trans legend Armin van Buren. Armada even granted Io his own imprint named Label 444. So here he is, at just 30 years old, signed to two of the world's biggest electronic music labels, and, in addition, gets his own imprint label where he could publish whatever underground music he wants. Lockhart had a very promising career ahead, but sadly, on November 23, 2020, Lockhart passed away very unexpectedly in his sleep. After five months of autopsies and medical examination, it was learned that Lockhart died from a sudden and fatal arrhythmia brought along by late-stage untreated Hashimoto's thyroid disease. He was just 30 years old. In 2022, Armada Music released the album Warehouse Summer. This was the first posthumous album from Io. This record had 14 finished tracks, each track composed and produced by Io, featuring the vocals of his dear friend Lights, with whom he collaborated with numerous times on previous records. After Warehouse Summer came out, Lights released a message of her own. Quote, Warehouse Summer is a 14-song album I made with Io in 2020. It is one thing that will always remain a triumph, a bittersweet opus from that year. Garrett always said Warehouse Summer felt like the feeling you get when you leave a rave at 4am and the air is hot and sticky, and you're deaf, but you're alive, like ghosts writing on penny boards. In a 2019 interview with EDM Identity, Io is asked on his thoughts about techno taking over the main stages. He says, quote, it's nice to see techno taking over in a big way. I can hear the underground techno snobs screaming, but techno becoming popular isn't immediately a bad thing. I don't think it's underground versus overground. I just think it's pop culture versus people who actually love the music. Early fans might get mad that something considered underground like techno is hitting main stages, but it's what we're here to do. We're here to share music. The more people who are listening, the more community we have." End quote. The short life of Garrett Lockhart reminds us that life is so fragile. Although his career was short-lived, the posthumous release of his album Warehouse Summer is part of his legacy. It's a testament to how valued he was as a musician, a friend, and a member of his community. The statement, absence makes the heart grow fonder, does not have to imply there's regret. While it's a common phenomenon for appreciation to grow after an ending, it's worth noting that not everyone follows this pattern. Some individuals are adept at recognizing and appreciating the value of experiences in the present moment without needing them to end. And with this said, thank you all so much for listening to today's show, our season one finale. I very much appreciate your time, your interest, engagement, and the stories and lessons you all have to share with me. If you liked this episode, please give us a follow here where you can share it with your friend or leave a five-star review. These things help others find our show so that we can share the love of music, just like Io did. And let's connect on Instagram at trinity.xm. Once again, I'm DJ Cheshireen, and this is Trinity Radio Season 1 Finale. Catch you again soon for Season 2 Premiere.